Build a Big Podcast. I'm letting you know you're in the right place, but there's no music today because this is a different type of episode. It's arguably more serious than what I normally do. It's about the Podcaster Academy and what has happened with Daniel J. Lewis. More than that, it is about our role as podcasters and also an opportunity that we have as humans. I was on vacation last week and pretty much off of all social media. When I came back, I saw a lot about this situation, what happened with the Podcaster Academy and Daniel. As you know, hopefully, last week was a crazy one regarding civil rights, and in my opinion, human rights. There were a lot of people that were worried, I'm one of them, about the Supreme Court overturning the legal right for a woman to terminate a pregnancy. This is an issue that I have been associated with my entire radio and podcasting career. I started in radio in 1991, and that same year I did my first documentary. It was about abortion access in northern Mississippi and Memphis. Just this week, the first thing that I did when I got back to Nashville, I started pre-production on a new documentary about abortion. It specifically focuses on women who have been through the process, allowing them to tell their story in their own words. As you may know, my background is in the music industry. The first album that I ever did, it was a charity release. It was for a rape crisis organization. That was in 1995. On that album, as well as promotional events around it, I worked very closely with women who had become pregnant via rape and incest. And I've also seen this issue from the adoption side. About 20 years ago, I took a consulting gig. It was doing marketing for an adoption agency. I saw that there was a major problem with black babies as well as special needs babies that were either assigned to foster care and stayed there. They were never adopted or they were in group homes like orphanages for years, never adopted. You may have heard that there's a waiting list to adopt a kid, and that's true, but that's white babies, especially males. You can't legally buy a baby in the United States, but what I found out by working in this industry is that there's some very shady stuff around this business. It's more or less trading money for kids. For example... This company would send expectant mothers to Florida because there were no limits on expenses. Mother needs a new sports car? Boom. She's got it. Mother needs a nice house? Boom. She's got it. I mean, it was crazy. There was such a demand and so many people that were willing to pay, they took advantage of that. I quit that gig, by the way. I accepted it thinking that I could get in and make change. I brought up gay adoption, black adoption, And I remember one of the guys from the company, he said, black people do not have the fertility issues that white people have, which is not true. If you look that up, that is absolutely not true. Fertility issues, it's across the board here in the United States. Anyway, I say all this to say that for a straight white guy who has never been through the process of terminating a pregnancy myself, I have seen this issue from different angles. I'm 100% pro-abortion, but as a Southerner, as somebody who grew up in the church, as somebody who's seen this thing from all sorts of sides, I get that it is a very divisive argument. I'm going to try to be sensitive to that. You may feel completely differently. You may agree with me on these things. You may think that I've got facts and figures wrong, that I'm misunderstanding something. You may completely disagree with me. I don't know, but I'm going to try to be respectful that there are people with differing viewpoints on this issue. And I certainly understand There are people who are closer to this situation than I am right now. Even if it's a simple fact that they are women, I imagine there's a lot of frustration about you feeling unheard or vulnerable, and you have every right to feel this way. I mentioned North Mississippi and Memphis, but also that I'm in Nashville now. I'm actually from Nashville, 
Let me explain something about the culture here. Nashville is a big city, but people would argue that it's the buckle of the Bible Belt. My family, they're from East Tennessee and Virginia, very similar to the families in Hillbilly Elegy. They're like a lot of people that you're going to find in the Southeast. Good people, definitely not bad people, but they're part of a culture that, like women, they've been largely overlooked, they've been largely ignored. Add religion to this, Christianity specifically, which I think has some very helpful things about it. One of those things is it gives people hope and it gives people a reason for living. Now, there's some downsides about it. We're going to talk about that here. But regardless, that is where we are at when it comes to the Southern United States. Is the information taught in churches accurate? Not in the churches that I remember going to as a kid. At my grandmother's funeral, let me give you an example of this. The minister, as he's sending her off, he started talking about George Bush and the war. (laughs) It's crazy, right? But again, these guys are not bad people. They're very good people. They're trying to do the best they have with limited information. You may argue today, well, you can find it all online. The real information is online. And you're right. But we've got Facebook and social media algorithms. So even online isn't a great option. You've got to go way out of your bubble if you're going to find something that's different from what you already believe. And that's assuming that you even know that you are in a bubble. We are all in bubbles. Look around at your neighborhood. How many people look just like you? How many people make the same amount of money that you do? How many people go to the same place? How many times do you venture outside of your area that you are living in right now? Probably not much. And this is the question. How do we break out of this bubble? Here's another Southern story for you. When I was a kid, I had a family friend who was very conservative, very conservative. I don't want to single out his religion, but to give you an idea of where he was coming from, he was Church of Christ, and he pretty much towed the line, the letter of the law. He was right there with it. In church every Sunday, had his belief system that was largely taught to him by that church. My father told me a story once about wearing a pink shirt. This is an Oxford cloth dress shirt, not anything flamboyant or what I would consider flamboyant. (laughs) This guy did, though, and he made a comment as if guys couldn't or didn't wear pink shirts. It was outside of his reality. I never got the impression that he was hurtful or that it was a mean comment, but this guy had a belief. No, no, no. Pink shirts, those are for the women. Men, we don't wear pink shirts. Anyway, years later, I'm out with my father and we see this guy. Remember, I knew him too. He's a family friend. He's in the neighborhood. So we talked for a while. We caught up. Nice guy. And we're walking away. I joked around with my dad. I said, it's a good thing neither of us was wearing a pink shirt. (laughs) And here's what my father said. He said, he may have changed his mind on that. His son is gay. And I was shocked because I knew his son. A little older than me, I didn't know him well, but I did know him. And I was like, whoa, wow, that's, that's crazy. You got this guy in a conservative environment. That must have been really difficult for him to grow up in that. And then my father said something, and I think it's important here. He says, your opinions change when something affects you. And you've probably been there. You think the world is this way, and then you get in the situation that you've got feelings about. Maybe it's cancer, some kind of medical kind of thing. Maybe it's a gay kid. Maybe it's a trans kid. Who knows? There's a lot that can happen in your life that you probably have opinions on when it happens to other people. There's that joke about you having all the answers for parenting until you have a kid yourself. That's what my dad's talking about. Your opinions change when something affects you. It's very similar to something that I believe is true for podcasting. This is one of the reasons that I love podcasting so much. 
it is hard to hate somebody when you know his story. If you're talking to somebody, you've got judgment about that person. It's easy when we can say, we're over here, they are over there. But if you really knew how that person grew up, maybe it was in church, maybe it was in a small town, who knows? Maybe there's some kind of abuse. If you really knew how that person felt, you'd probably give him a little more slack. And I think a lot of people feel that way about what's happening in the Supreme Court. If we had a Supreme Court of eight female justices, one male, that guy's going to be influenced by those eight female justices because they look at something like abortion, except for Amy Coney Barrett. (laughs) They look at it a little bit differently than the average person. Michelle Obama said something. She said, I've learned that it's harder to hate up close. One of the things that I think is interesting about podcasting events is that they bring people from so many backgrounds together. Yet we love spreading a message. We're interested in connecting with other people who agree with us, some of us, in trying to change opinion. 2017, I'm in Orlando. I'm hanging out in a hotel lobby. I saw a friend of mine, Ken Blanchard. Ken's a black guy, and he's got a podcast on guns and gun culture. It's called Black Man with a Gun. I'm anti-gun. I'm a lot more liberal than Ken in my political views. And Ken knows this. Again, we're friends. I walk up to him. Donald Trump had just been elected. And I jokingly say, hey, it's the one black guy who voted for Trump. (laughs) He laughed. We start talking about it. Before long, we're sitting down at a table. Again, it's a podcasting event. There are other podcasters there. We know a lot of them. These guys drop in to say, hey, they join in on the conversation. Jeff Sanders, he's a Nashville-based podcaster here with me. He does a show called 5 a.m. Miracle. Liberal guy. Dave Jackson, School of Podcasting. You know him. Cy Locklear. He's a gay black man from New York City. He's got a podcast called The Thirst. Podchaser calls it an LGBT black and relationships podcast. And sitting next to Cy, Daniel J. Lewis. And we're talking about the same issues that Ken and I were talking about, what I call red versus blue issues. I think everybody there had a strong opinion. But at the same time, everybody there was listening as much as they were talking. That's just one of the many great experiences that I've had with Daniel over the years. There was another, also in a hotel lobby. This was maybe 2019. It was me, it was Daniel, and it was Mackenzie from Blueberry, a podcast media host. And we started talking about podcasting. Maybe it was the primary season, something like that. Somehow politics came up. Maybe it was Daniel. If you've been looking at what he says, and a lot of people have been going back into what he has said over Twitter, social media, podcasts, whatever. When you say something that gets a lot of attention, gets a lot of people riled up, people will go back to what you said. And they're going to try to find more evidence of that. Anyway, Daniel, obviously, he wears his faith on his sleeve. I don't think there's anybody that knows this man that doesn't know. He is a very devout Christian. He is, I would argue, pretty firm in his beliefs. I don't think you're going to change this man's mind. I'm just saying he's got a belief system. But anyway, we're talking about general red versus blue stuff. And he made a comment. McKenzie lit into him. And I mean that in a good way. She was just super passionate. She shared a female point of view. Like, hold on. That's not the way we experience that as women. It wasn't bad. It was just a strong woman standing her ground. In fact, when we left, I said, whoa. You you changed my opinion on Blueberry. I like him even more. It was a really cool time 
to be there with those guys. Everybody got along, but she was holding her ground, doing it in a respectful way. And he was very respectful. He listened to her. It was good. I say this to say that Daniel J. Lewis, he's open having a discussion. I know this because I see him at every single podcasting event I go to. This is a man who loves podcasts. I'll say this again too. You're probably not going to change his mind. He obviously has very strong beliefs and changing your mind doesn't happen overnight. When is the last time you changed your mind? I'll tell you about some times that I have here in a minute, but think about that first. Think about you. When is the last time you changed your mind? I know there's a lot of stuff coming out about Daniel right now. I know there's a lot of opinion. Hate maybe is a strong word, but a lot of people have a thought about what he said regarding Supreme Court decision. It's not a decision yet, the preliminary decision, whatever. People say, oh my God, how could you be for this? Taking away our rights. And you would be right. How could he be for that? Well, I'm going to tell you as somebody who grew up in this culture, why I think he feels that way. But I'm also going to tell you that I think he's a good man with a good heart. And I know that he loves podcasting. What he has done for indie podcasters over the last decade has been amazing. He's helped a lot of people spread a lot of messages, many of them contrary to the messages he would spread himself. So we're going to write all that off just because he said one thing or a couple of things or maybe multiple things that we don't agree with? Maybe, maybe. Look, that's up to you. I'm here though because I've had a different experience than what I see people saying about him. And this is bigger than Daniel J. Lewis. This is bigger than the Podcaster Academy. This is bigger than me. To take it back to what I said at the very beginning, this is about the opportunity that we have as humans, but also our role as podcasters. Because things get complicated when you're dealing with other people. Religion and belief systems complicate things. Limited experience complicates things. Limited knowledge and information complicates things. Again, I'm not just talking about Daniel here. I'm talking about all of us. Let me give you a story about changing my mind. There's a gay kid in my neighborhood. He's out, proud. He's the kind of kid who wears rainbows and shirts that say pride. 16 years old, he goes to the same high school that I did 35 years ago. And he's a friend of mine. And I asked him, I said, are your friends cool with you being out? I mean, I've known this kid forever, man. And he was not out when I knew him. He's just a little kid, right? So I asked him, are your friends cool with you being out? He trusts me, I trust him. And the answer to that question, it's complicated, as you can imagine. But more or less, his answer was yes. And I told him, I said, 35 years ago, I was sitting in that same building that you're sitting in now. We had one dude in the whole school, and this is 1,500 students, one guy who was out of the closet. This kid was blown away. He's like, what? <laughs> I mean, to him, it's no big deal. There are gay people everywhere. We see them on TV. We see them on billboards. I remember the first time I saw a gay couple kissing on a billboard. I was in Toronto, Canada. I was like, oh my God, I'm an American. We would not see that here. People, yeah, what's the big deal? We're that way now. It's not that big a deal. It's a big deal for some people, but generally in our culture, not as much. So I'm telling this kid this story. I said, man, when I was 16, that was a scandal. And this is why I bring that up. I think that right there is a microcosm of what is happening in the world. The world is changing 
very, very fast. Very fast. Let me give you another Southern story, tell you where Southern culture is coming from. I mentioned my family's from East Tennessee or Virginia. Very similar to Hillbilly Elegy. If you've read Hillbilly Elegy, and I don't want to get into that guy's politics. (laughs) Talk about changing your mind. Yeah, he's doing it. But I read that book a few years ago when it came out. I said, man, this is my family. And take it back to 1984, Walter Mondale, he's running for president. He's got Geraldine Ferraro, female, as his vice presidential running mate. My parents were voting for Mondale. My grandmother was not. I'm 12 years old and I asked her, I said, why are you not going to vote for him? My parents are voting for him. And she said, what would we do if he dies and we get stuck with a woman president? This is a woman talking about women. What would we do? He dies. We've got a woman president by God. She can't run the country. Is that sexist? I don't know. But for whatever reason, she and I imagine and a lot of other people, they didn't believe a woman could do that job. But look where we are now. Not only a female vice president, but a black female vice president. And that's just one example of how people grow up. I'll give you another one also from my family. My extended family is racist. One time I had to stop Christmas because my uncle was telling racist jokes. And I'm telling you, we were literally opening presents and he was talking about Mexicans, telling jokes about them. Anyway, should this ever happen to you, here's the solution. (laughs) I said, hold on, everybody. Stop, stop, stop. It's Christmas. So let me ask you a question. Where was Jesus born? And some kid goes, Bethlehem. What do the people look like who are in Bethlehem? And the answer is, they're people of color. So no more racist jokes. Could be Jesus you're making fun of. Anyway, fast forward a few years later, my grandfather, same family, it's my uncle's father. I'll just say this, there's a slang term for Brazil nuts. I'm not going to say it here, but you can look it up if you're curious. I heard this a lot and I heard other things a lot being in that house. Speaking of Christmas, one time I thought it'd be funny just to troll my own family. I got my grandfather a FUBU sweatshirt. (laughs) He didn't know what it was. Oh, thanks. So you got this guy, arguably racist, Wearing a FUBU sweatshirt. I thought that was funny. But fast forward a few years later, he comes up to me and he says, you know, I think I'm going to vote for this Obama fellow. I'm not saying he was a spokesman for the NAACP, but he was moving forward. So back to this Daniel situation, the Podcaster Academy. I don't think there's one way for us to live or believe. And something I'm thankful for is that we've got tools like podcasting and the internet in general to connect with people that are not only like us, but also learn from people who aren't like us, at least that don't have our same belief systems. I've got a request for you as a podcaster. This is from an almost 50-year-old Southern white guy. Maybe you're like my 16-year-old friend. You grew up in a world where you've got access to all sorts of different people, belief systems, Maybe you've had a perfect, open-minded family and they taught you about diversity and loving other humans. Maybe you get this better than people like me who grew up in a racist family, who grew up in a smaller, monocultured place where we didn't get to see a lot of diversity. Please understand that, unfortunately, that is the norm here in this country. 
People grow up in racist families. We're from small towns. We've got limited cultural references. We've been part of churches with beliefs that are not a match for where the world is now. Basically, we haven't been exposed to what your diverse belief system is. And you think our approach is wrong. And maybe it is wrong. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's somewhere in between. I don't know. I don't have all the answers. Maybe you do have all the answers. If so, I hope you'll throw me and the other people who are trying to do better a bone. We are not perfect. We make mistakes. But please trust that we are trying to do better. In general, not everybody. We have some outliers. There's some jerks out there. They're not trying to move forward. But most people, and I think podcasters especially, because we talk to different types of people. Again, you go to those podcasting conferences and you see all sorts of different types of people. It's not like going to the Baptist conference or the Jewish conference or the Presbyterian conference or whatever religious belief system you have where everybody has basically a same belief system that they follow. Podcasting is a little bit different. So people like me, 40, 50-something, 60-something Southern guys, we are being exposed to different types of people. But we're not going to be perfect. Sometimes we're going to mix up pronouns. Sometimes we're going to say something that maybe is considered racist now because we don't know better. You can do two things when you hear something like this happen. You can get defensive. We saw a lot of people do that on this whole Daniel situation. Lots of people, including Daniel, were playing defense. Or you can be open-minded. You can give somebody a break. Give them a little space, slack, grace, whatever your word is. How can we expect somebody to be open-minded to us and our ideas and give us space if we're not willing to do the same? If you want to change the world, it starts with you. If you want to change culture, it starts with you. We would not be in this mess with Roe versus Wade had enough people voted. It's not that we don't want Roe versus Wade in place. I would argue that we do. Poll after poll after poll in the United States has said that two-thirds of people want it in place. We don't want it taken away from us. How many people vote? It's not two-thirds. It's a very small percentage of people. How many people talk on Twitter? A bajillion. But that doesn't move the needle. Answering polls where two-thirds of people are saying they want something, that doesn't move the needle. What moves the needle? Electorally, voting moves the needle. Economically, voting with your wallet, where you spend your money, moves the needle. I'm going to say something about podcasting. I know this is going to piss some people off, but we've got some podcasting events. There's some that just happened. There's some that are happening. They're in Texas. Are you going to go to one? If so, where do you think that tourism money is going? Texas heartbeat law, can't have an abortion after six weeks, death penalties, all sorts of non-liberal causes that you are supporting anytime you set foot and spend money in Texas. Am I going to judge you for it? No, I'm going to give you grace because it's complicated. Maybe you've got a business and you're down there to speak, to promote that business. You've got a family to feed. You've got your reasons for going. Look, I'm going to give you a break on that. Things are complicated. Everybody's got it all figured out till you're involved. 
and you are given that decision and you have to do something that directly affects you. Certainly that way for abortion, isn't it? Everybody's got an opinion on abortion till you got to have one, till you need one, or you feel like you need one. This is the good news now that we're having this discussion in the podcasting community. Opportunity has rushed in. I hope that Daniel and all of us take advantage of this opportunity. When I was a high school kid in the late 80s, think about this. Think about that kid, me, 16 years old, in a high school, never met a gay person. There's one guy who's apparently gay and he's out. You've got feelings about this guy, even though you've never met him. Why would that be? It's because you didn't understand him. It's because you don't have experience with people like him. He's somebody different. I could have made an effort to talk to him, but I didn't even think to do that. That's where most people are. I was basing all the info I had on this dude and other gay people from things that I'd heard elsewhere. Maybe it's the church. Maybe it's a small culture. Maybe it's my neighbors who are just like me. That is where most people are. They've got limited experiences. And most people, they leave it up to us to make the first move. That guy wasn't coming over to me. Hey, 16-year-old kid who might have some feelings about gay people. I'm a gay guy. Let me introduce myself. (laughs) I don't expect that guy to be the ambassador. And we see a lot of people like that. I've seen a lot of people that said, it's not up to us to educate you. I get it. It's not. It's up to us to educate ourselves, but realize that most people are not going to do that. They're going to sit back from afar and they're going to listen to propaganda like Fox News and they're going to read online information that has been specifically tailored to them that is completely biased to get clicks and get them excited and agitated and manipulate them maybe to spend money or to vote a certain way. You know the deal because you've been online. But you know, here's the irony of all this. All this stuff is happening around us And we've got no idea. Let me give you another Southern reference. I remember one time I had a CB radio. I'm driving down the interstate. There's a whole world going on that I had no idea about. Before, I thought it was just an interstate. You know, I'm listening to the radio. I'm like, oh, it's a nice sunny day. Turn on the CB. There's all sorts of black market deals. There's sex for sale. There's all sorts of crazy stuff happening on the CB radio that you can listen in on And people are doing it in plain sight, but you're not going to know until you have that channel locked in. That is us. And we need to tune in if we're going to understand that stuff. And we need to speak and have conversations. Let's not just shut people off. The closest thing I got to knowing a gay guy in high school was a friend of mine. I thought he might be gay because he worked in the stock room at Victoria's Secret. And when we had a creative writing assignment, he would repurpose wham lyrics. Again, I'm getting this stuff from other people, right? I said, well, that sounds like it might be gay. (laughs) He wasn't gay. In fact, years later, when she reached out via Facebook to reconnect with me, I got the full story, trans. And right now we're working on a podcast to tell her story. People change but it doesn't just happen. You've got to be exposed to different things. So please, as a podcaster, I hope that you will not shut people off. I hope that you will not just be preaching to the choir. I hope you will be reaching out to people who feel differently than you, sharing your story, but also listening to their stories. It's like a mutt dog. Mutts are the best, man. They're the smartest. They're the kindest. The strongest genes survive. Same thing with ideas. The strongest ideas survive. We are in a culture that is moving forward faster than I could have ever imagined. 
There's last-ditch effort from some people in control, and we do have minority rule here, meaning that we've got the last president, for example. He put three justices on the Supreme Court. He didn't even get the popular vote. So even the people that voted, minority rule. Electoral college, we can get into all that. But what I'm saying is we do have people making decisions for this country that are not the majority. All right, whatever. That's the situation we've got now. They know that. Things are changing. You cannot stop progress. But let's not shut down five minutes before the miracle and cut people off because they don't do something exactly in the way that we want to. I'm not saying what Daniel did was right. I'm not saying his wording was right. It was arguably, I don't know. I mean, again, I think he's got a good heart. Uh, Maybe say it was crass. Do I think he's racist? No. Do I think he doesn't respect people? No. Do I think he's not open-minded? No. He's got his belief system. And it's hard to press up against that when you've got 40 years of religion or culture or whatever you think about your beliefs. You think I could change you on what you believe? No, I'm not going to do that. But I can have conversations with you. You can say, oh, David's got this idea. Maybe I could try it. And it seems like it's slow, but think about those high school stories. Things have changed 30 years. That's not a long time in the history of this country. Things are changing very, very fast. At the beginning of this, I talked about our role as podcasters and our opportunity as humans. This is it. People are a lot more alike than they are different. Let's focus on that. Then let's use that common ground to solve problems. Again, if you really want to know somebody's story, it's hard to hate them. And I'm not saying that you have to agree with everybody. I'm certainly not saying the way that Daniel handled this situation was perfect. But let's not write him off and all the good he has done for podcasting because he's got a belief system that doesn't agree with ours. Don't be like I was in high school where I'm getting all my information on people that are different than me from other people or the media or church or culture or a more modern version of that from limited social media interactions, from retweets where something is taken arguably out of context. You don't get to know the whole story of the whole person. If somebody's not a match for you, move on. That's fine. But don't get defensive. Let's work on changing the world. Some people you're not going to change, man. Let's change the people that we can. I'm not going to go to a MAGA rally. And I've done this. I went to a MAGA rally to get some interviews. I was interviewing all the black people there. Asking them basically the same question that I asked Ken. Dude, what's the deal? (laughs) Do you think I'm going to change the hardcore racist at that rally? No. Did I want to change the black guys that were there? No, no. I was just there to listen. I can better understand it. Then I can better change what I do in my approach. Because the only thing that we can control is us. So don't drag your heels. Just shut everything down. That is how we've gotten to the situation that we're in. Being in bubbles, limited experience with other people that are not like us. Let me tell you what I'm going to do on this moving forward. I've reached out to Daniel for comment. No word on that yet. I'm going to give you a heads up though on what it's going to look like should it happen. If you see something coming down the feed, And I have not promoted this podcast like I would normally do, but if you're interested, it's podcast.bigpodcast.com. Go there. You'll see a chance to get on the feed if you want. If this thing happens, and I'm leaving it up to Daniel, I'm not going to put pressure on him for this, but if I have a conversation with him about this, I'm going to do it in a very certain way. One, there are going to be no edits. Conversation is going to be taped from beginning to end. It's going to be posted in its entirety. I want somebody saying that I'm trying to make him sound better than he is. I'm going to let him use his own words. I really believe in that. If you look at the work that I've done, The current work that I'm doing, to take it back to that abortion documentary, 
I'm not involved in it at all as far as my voice. What I'm doing is I'm taking women's voices and they are telling their stories. I'm going to let Daniel do that. But at the same time, it's a conversation. There's going to be some pushback from me. I've got some questions about some of the things that he said. I'm not mad at him. I'm not going to not listen to him. I want to listen to him. I just want to get more information. Well, what did you mean by this? What about this? Do you think that maybe some people might've felt this? Let's hear him out. Again, you don't have to go and be his best friend. I'm not saying that, but maybe, maybe, this is why people like Hillbilly Elegy, maybe you'll understand people a little bit better. Maybe it will help you to reconfigure what you're doing and your approach so you can make the world in your image. Let me say a final thing before I sign off. During this recording, I've given several examples of how I've changed over the years, how my belief system has changed, how I act in certain situations has changed. I've had that happen enough that I know my current belief system, I'm not so entrenched to think I've got this all figured out. I don't know that this is the right thing to do. I don't know this is the perfect way of handling it. I definitely believe that there's no such thing as the perfect messenger. There's not. We've all got our flaws. We all make mistakes. We all drag our heels sometimes. We all dig in, isolate. And sometimes maybe we don't push back hard enough. But I will say this. I know Daniel J. Lewis is a good man. He's got a good heart. He's done a lot for podcasters. I know that he means well. He's not out of podcasting. He's going to continue to be here. We're all in this together. And I hope you will consider maybe just being open to listening to what he's got to say. You don't have to listen to him about abortion, but he's got some good information on podcasting. So anyway, consider that. If you're hoping for drama, sorry, that's not going to happen. Had enough of that already. But we'll see if he agrees to it. Yeah, I'll be back here with a conversation with Dan J. Lewis, unedited, podcast.bigpodcast.com. I appreciate you. Look at you sitting through this. <laughs> Still here with me. Appreciate you being open-minded. If you've got questions, you want to comment on it, you want to have a discussion, Twitter is the best way to do that, at David Hooper. Reach out, and I hope that we can continue the conversation and we can move forward as a community, as humans, and as podcasters. Have a great day, and I'll see you soon.